This is the Better Workplaces, Better World podcast, where important topics for today's workplaces are discussed. Brought to you by Workforce Readiness Arizona Sherm. Here's your host, Sherry Smith. Well, good morning, Linda. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great, Sherry. <laughs> great. Today we're talking with Linda, um, the director of Arizona Sherm. She's going to be talking about psychological safety in the workplace. Linda, can you tell us a little bit about what psychological safety is and what's creating the demand today for it? You got it. Yeah. So we get a lot of requests and a lot of conversation about how do I get psychological safety in my workplace and why is it so important? And I think we need to define what it is, first of all. And basically, the essence of psychological safety can be reduced to five words. It's an environment of rewarded vulnerability. And, you know, as individuals, we enter groups, whenever we enter a group of any kind, we first seek to understand if vulnerability is rewarded or if it's punished. And the type of environment you're in will determine your behavior. So basically, that's what the definition of psychological safety, it's it's an environment of rewarded vulnerability. So, um, so how do we get that? Just to talk a little bit about that and really about the the demand for it. Like, where's that coming from? And I will say that a lot of the work that's been do- being done, it's there's a lot of different resources out there. Uh, specifically, I've been looking at the work of Dr. Timothy Clark, and he is uh, a organizational anthropologist, let's call him that. And he's done his work from, uh, he has a PhD from Oxford University. He's a Fulbright and British research scholar, and he's a former vice president of operations and plant manager. So he's actually experienced this. So I've actually worked with him very directly on what psychological safety is and what we want to see in the workplace. And one of the things, you know, it starts with, well, what is the demand for it? Why do we even have this? What's crew? And a lot of us know the answers to this, right? You know, yeah. we, we know what's happening in our workplaces and what's happening in the world. So and yeah, I mean, you think about, and you could probably name some things yourself, Sherry, that's that's causing this, this demand. But one of them is engagement and retention. We know that in our organizations today, that is a big need. It's a big issue that we're struggling coming past COVID and what the different workplace requirements are, the environment that people are looking to work in. So that's creating this. Uh, We want to see engagement. We want to see retention. And we know we need to create a different environment, a psychologically safe environment. And the other piece is social justice and equity. We see that in the world. We see the places where we can be unsafe. And so we've got to be uh, creating this, again, a safe environment because we see all the social injustice that is happening. Certainly mental health and wellness is out there. And I just want to put a little plug in for our Arizona State Conference. It's coming up uh, the end of August. And if, depending on when this is posting, you will, we're going to be talking a lot about mental health and wellness, but that's one of the things, right? That it's more prevalent in the workplace than it has ever been. Or maybe it's not even more prevalent. Maybe it's just that we are recognizing it more. And we know that that's important for us. And then certainly another driver is just personal growth and development that we want to as individuals. And we really define what psychological safety is. We know that it's, we just don't want to do the work, right? We want to contribute. And when we have a psychologically safe environment, we are in a place where we can do exactly that. And we grow as individuals and we contribute at a higher level. 
And then the the last thing that's really driving this is the demand in organizations today to be more innovative. It's more competitive than it has ever been. And so in order for us to be more innovative, we need all hands on deck. We need our employees and our organizations to be coming up with and challenging our ideas and helping us to be more innovative. And that only happens when we have a psychologically safe environment. Well, thank you for sharing all that. But can you tell us what happens and what it looks like when there isn't psychological safety? Yeah. So, so first of all, um, we call them the costs of not having psychologically safe environments or the violations of that. And we've all experienced violations or breaches of psychologically psychological safety. And you know what? There are these in both intended and unintended long-term consequences for these what I'll call violations. And th- those are the real costs of punished punished vulnerability versus the rewarded, as I described what psychological safety is. So it's it's a cost for a punished vulnerability both for an organization and for individual contributors. So the potential consequences are this. First of all, you will have a decrease in work effort and time spent at work. And you will have a decrease of quality in quality of work and commitment to the organization. I say you will have, but there are potential consequences when we punish vulnerability. And when I say vulnerability, let's just be clear. It's, it's that ability to crack ourselves open, to be able to share what's on our mind, to be able to admit when we've made a mistake, to be able to, uh, and get rewarded for these things, right? And to be able to say when we don't know something. And so what happens is people go into to either the, the what I call the red zone, where vulnerability is punished. And um, what we want is we want um, employees will give us their hands and some of their head, but what they won't give us is their heart. And what we want our employees to do in our, our environments today is to give us the heart because that's where we're going to have all of those those benefits of having a psychologically safe environment. So, and when you're told that you can't make mistakes in any environment, you are highly motivated to hide them. And that is the opposite of creating this space of, um, of, of vulnerability, of psychological safety. So there's some data I have that, you know, I'm happy to share, but just a few, a few, um, quotes here on some of the the costs of punished vulnerability is that 48% of workers intentionally decrease their work effort when they're in this environment where they are punished for being vulnerable, just for being vulnerable. 47% intentionally decrease the time spent at work. There's 80% lost work time worrying about a specific incident that happened. And I can go on and on, but suffice it to say that there are huge costs to our organizations when we have this punished vulnerability going and we don't have that psychological safety. Yeah, I noticed um, with turnover, when you mentioned that people will actually leave an employer to go somewhere else for their mental health, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, I totally I'm on board with that too, because my mental health is not for sale. You know, I would say that it's like, I, I don't care how much money I make if I'm going to be walking on eggshells every time at work, because we spend more time at work than we do at home. And so yeah. it's important to feel safe in the environment that you're in. And it, you know, like you said, not just covering up mistakes, but you're not going to um, rise to certain challenges or be innovative if you're fearful of the yeah. environment you're in. 
Yeah, exactly. And in fact, the you know, some of the questions to ask ourselves and our employees, you know, one is, have you ever felt excluded in a social setting? In a social setting, you know, this is this is where we start to we start to um, fall down. We start to get into that red zone. Um, have you ever been ignored in a discussion? Have you ever been rudely interrupted in a meeting? Um, have you ever faced retaliation for just challenging something that the status quo in your organization? And so, and this all leads to the whole mental health piece as well, which is really one of the drivers, again, of why we need to have psychological safe environments. And what can we do with leaders that um, really aren't aware that they're creating that kind of environment? Um, because sometimes when I have spoken to leaders about it um, because of their staff bringing that to the table and bringing that up. Um, they kind of look surprised, you know, they're just, I guess that <laughs> lack of, like it's a blind spot for them, you know? So yeah, you, you're in leadership development too and training. So what, what, what mm-hmm. are some things you do to help leaders become aware and, or how can they train themselves to be aware? Um, because, you know, we always, it, it's that, um, what do they call it? Unconscious incompetence where you just don't know if you don't know. Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. Exactly. So how, how can they you start know- to recognize the signs and, or, really question themselves and reflect, am I producing that kind of environment or am I producing a safe environment? Yeah. And I love that you asked that question of leaders because they need to be asked that more, right? And to reflect on that. And you're absolutely right. Second part of what you said is that they just don't have that awareness in some cases. So how do we help with that? Well, there's a lot of tools out there, of course. And there's, you know, I'm a big proponent of 360 assessments for leaders where they get feedback from their constituents, all the different levels of constituents. And then they get the real, and I do a lot of that with leaders. Like that's one of the biggest tools that they're like, what? You know, I didn't know. And part of it will be very clear on how they're managing psychological safety because, and, and, and the more that we talk about it and, and we talk about, you know, there again, psychological safety is out there. We hear that term, but are we really recognizing and thinking about our particular environment? And there's some things to, to and I'll, I'll share with you some stages that leaders can go through to really identify how they have it in their organizations. And I'll, I will say that there are two failure patterns for leaders. And those failure patterns that fail to create what we need to see in a psychologically safe environment is one is paternalism, where we have some leaders and organizations that are like, all right, I've got this. I'll take care of things. You know, I will make sure that, you know, I'm not going to give you a lot of uh, things that you need to do because I've got it. And I, you know, good job there. You know, I have some of that. And the other piece is, um, and, and that really means that failure pattern, We you really have um, perhaps they have high respect for for employees, um, but the permission to do things on your own is low. And that's an exact opposite of creating a psychological safe environment. And the other failure pattern is exploitation, where maybe you have high permission, you give people a lot of permission to do things, but you don't respect them for that work that they do. And so a lot of things aren't taken forward. So, you know, we're going to give you lots of permission to think about your role, but then, you know, I don't really respect it when you give it to me. So there's so many things that have caused psychological safety. I'm glad you asked that question. And um, I, yeah, so I think that, you know, what do we do about it? I will say that it starts with really doing an assessment of yourself as a leader, recognizing that you want to and see the benefit of creating an environment that is psychologically safe. And but then you have to go through stages and it doesn't happen just by saying it. It's like, 
anything, right? You just don't say, oh, we're going to be psychologically safe. So we're going to, just like DEI initiatives, for example, you're not, you have to practice them and put them into place and have pieces that make it happen. And in this case, psychologically safe environments go through four different stages. And I'll just briefly um, share what they are. And then um, there's, like I said, there's, there's even assessments to determine if a team has psychologically psychological safety. So this, and it actually takes them through what stage is this team at in this in the stages to get to psychological safety. So the very first stage is what's called inclusion safety. This goes along with our DEI initiatives where we say that we're in this inclusion safety stage, it basically satisfies that basic human need to connect and belong. And when we create an inclusion safety for others, regardless of what our differences are, we acknowledge our common humanity. And then we reject these false theories of superiority and arrogant strains of elitism. So first of all, you got DEI initiatives going on there. Keep it going. That's stage one. There's many more stages to create a psychological safe environment, but that's got to be there. And that really means that because you are a human being, you are included, right? That is that is right. it. It doesn't matter what else, right? Um, and so that's that's really the governing principle of inclusion safety is that worth precedes worthiness. You have worth. You don't have to prove your worthiness. You are a human being, and so you have worth. And that's how we need to treat people, bottom line, first stage, right? And inclusion safety seeks to appreciate, acknowledge, and protect our differences that we have. And know that inclusion safety is not something that's earned it is something that is given, that is owed to you, right? Because you are a human being. So this is an easy, easy step, right? I'm sure that resonates with you, Sherry, that, yeah, we're a human being. We should include everybody, right? Well, yeah, that's a lot of what my consultancy was based on is building people-centric companies versus a, uh-huh. versus a commodity-based company. Uh, I kind of cringe when I hear people in my my world right or hr anything um say human capital and i'm like because words have yes and when you look at them like a team you're not going to consider that they have families or mental health issues or things that they're battling outside of work and um because they can't just leave that at the door when they come to work you know you've got to address the whole thing and i get work is work but it's like you know where did we lose the human side of things um Mm. within the corporate world along the way over the years and um Part of my consultancy yeah. was to build that. And so psychological safety really encompasses a lot of that too. So I think they go hand in hand, right? Is looking at people yep. like humans, um, creating a safe environment, taking the pulse, like you said, maybe they need to do a 360 or maybe looking at the symptoms. Cause I'll say, Hey, if you have a high turnover, that's a symptom of an unhealthy organization. Yes. We need to put our finger on the pulse of where that's coming from. Is it the leadership typically it is what their decision-making and sometimes it's not always, um, on purpose, you know, again, it's that, um, you know, that unawareness or a blind spot. That's that why right. 360s are great because they help yep. uncover some blind spots that you may not be aware of. So some of the symptoms that are showing up would be something that can trigger that. What are some symptoms that you have seen, Linda, that um, has brought forth, I guess, some awareness to some leaders that maybe they're not as psychologically um, safe in terms of their leadership style? that shows up. Well, I think, yeah, I think when we start there, one of the things that leaders need to do 
so much more of is just asking for feedback on how are we doing it, you know it's so interesting to me because when i actually when i do these 360 assessments it's it's basically all these different behaviors that leaders should have and it's been based on over 40 years of research so we know it all works and we know it contributes to psychologically safe environments and yet the hardest thing for leaders to do is to ask for feedback on how they're doing and how they can help to create a better environment and that's usually the least one that that leaders do it's so interesting to me because it seems so easy and i know it's not but that's where it starts is let's talk about it make it a habit make it uh reinforce inclusion daily um express gratitude and appreciation when you see it basically reward it and yeah i, I think it starts with leaders taking that action first and setting the example and by the way i love that you said you don't like the the term human capital because i'm totally <laughs> cringe every time as well i am so with you on that so we need to treat people as human beings which really leads to that second so once you have that once you feel like you've got an inclusive environment and that's that's a struggle in itself but here's where we're, here's where i'm going with it is that then when people feel like they are included that they are they they are included because they they have a voice basically we take them to the stage 2 which is learner safety so now we want them to learn and learner safety this stage is really about satisfying the basic human need to learn and grow and develop mastery people want to do that you do any survey of employees and they will tell you they want to know more and contribute more and learner safety when we create that place where people feel safe to learn um then they're going to engage in all aspects of the learning process they're going to ask questions they're going to give and receive feedback so they're not even going to wait for that leader to ask for feedback <laughs> they're going to give you feedback right they're going to experiment they they're going to make mistakes um but it's but it's not and it's not if but when they make them but that's going to be okay we want them to experiment so um the learning process really happens by the team creating that environment so in order to create psychological safety yeah we've got inclusion here now the team needs to lead the learning process and learning is both intellectual and emotional so what happens is when when in order for us to help others engage in the learning process we have to separate fear from mistakes because here's where we break down psychological safety is that if there's a fear we'd go into that red zone right where we do not feel like we can contribute because i'm i'm fearful of making mistakes so when you are learning you're going to let's just admit it and yet let's learn let's learn together and let's recognize that we're going to make mistakes and so that's stage 2 of learner safety um and i'm sure you have this sherry too where it's uh, i have so many organizations i ask the question like what's the environment here what's the risk level tolerance level for making mistakes and it varies a lot in organizations but we've got to have a place where people you know and they always say well we can't we're in the financial business and i'm like yeah okay you can't i i understand the big mistakes but guess what when we're learning things we got to start exploring different ways of doing things that's what we're talking about um and so then i'll i'll just continue on with these and you stop me at any time with questions <laughs> sherry but uh, um the stage 3 is is um so once we get that to that place where people are um and the behavior is really about learner safety is about you know we have to adopt a student mindset we're going to we're going to share mistakes when we have them we're going to invite others to learn to share what they do in their roles those kind of things all right so now we're at that stage where 
I know stuff, right? Because I've learned more. I've, I, and it, to be clear, you know, these stages are sequential. You got to do one before the other. So now that I know stuff, I am now in a place to go to stage three, which is contributor safety. And contributor safety, here's where we're getting into really supporting the organization. It satisfies the basic human need that you and I have, Sherry, to contribute and make a difference. And the more we contribute, the more confidence and competence we develop. So we want to create contributor safety for others. And we do that. um, And when we do that, we empower them with autonomy, with guidance and encouragement exchange for their effort and results. So who, who in an organization wouldn't want people to contribute at a higher level? We all do, but we got to create an environment where they feel safe to do that. And that starts with, again, making sure they feel like a human being. And number two, that they learn. And now we're going to say, okay, you know stuff. And by the time we get to this contributor safety level, we do apply a worthiness test. So I just want to be clear on that. I said worth worth doesn't come before worthiness, but worthiness is important um, in this stage because you have to know things. You're not just going to contribute coming right off the off the you know, into the organization and start saying, well, you need to do this and this and that. No, you need to, you need to um, learn things. And then you get to that place. And the more that skill a contributor has, the more autonomy with guidance, with guidance we give them. And then the goal for every member of the team is independent, high performance. And who wouldn't like that in their organization, right? So I've got one more stage to get to of what really creates the highest level of psychological safety in an organization. But any other questions, uh, Sherry, as as I shared some of these other behaviors? No, you're on a roll. (laughs) Okay. All right. I'll contribute on to the last one and then we'll we'll just... um, kind of talk just generally, well, what do, what do we do about that? So yeah, um, so challenger safety is stage four. So again, inclusion safety, you're a human being. Uh, stage two, you're learning things. Uh, you feel comfortable to learn. Uh, number three, I'm now contributing at a higher level. And now we want people to get to stage four, which is challenger safety. And that challenger safety satisfies the basic human need to make things better. And I can tell you, and you know this, Sherry, any, anybody we talk to, they don't want to make things worse. You know, they want to make things better for organizations, right? And as this highest level of psychological safety, it matches the increased vulnerability and personal risk associated with challenging the status quo. And when we create this challenger safety, we give air cover in exchange for candor right? We want you to. You've got to go through the other stages, but our team needs to go through all those stages. But what happens when you, to foster this culture of challenger safety, you need to increase what we call intellectual friction and decrease social friction. So I think you you know what I mean by this, but it's like we are now operating in this space of we know things, right? We've learned things together. We know what's better. And it's not about the social um, pushes that sometimes we have, like, oh, I can't say anything because, you know, that's a different position or that person will think bad of me. No, in challenger safety, we need to decrease that social stuff. Like we need to just talk to people on an intellectual level about what the what the challenges are that we have and what we need to do. And so how do you keep this social friction down? Well, we, de- we demonstrate as leaders superb emotional intelligence. And guess what? 
We got to manage our ego during the process, right? So when somebody comes to us and says, I have an idea, and remember, we've got them in this place where we've created this safe environment where we want to hear it. We're not, we're going to listen to it. Yes. And that, you know, you know, that doesn't mean we're going to take that idea necessarily, but we're going to listen to it. We're going to appreciate it and respect it. And what happens when we do this, when we are at this highest level of psychological safety, our teams are going to perform beyond our expectations because they're coming up with ways of doing things that we as leaders may have never heard of. And guess what? We probably didn't. <laughs> so that's the highest level of, of psychological safety that kind of took you through all of the the different stages of, of basically how we need to get there. And um, yeah, thanks for, thanks for um, asking about this. And I think it's a great topic that we need to continue to talk about in our organizations. Definitely. And um, I'm excited to hear more of it uh, at the conference this year. Do you want to close with uh, some statements about the conference and what people will learn and what's what we're you bet thank you sherry for asking that question yeah you know so the conference first of all is just a great opportunity to get together and to connect with those that are in this in our hr or part of hr even if you're not in hr you're going to learn about how to manage people. And that's what this is. It's a people conference. And so there's lots of different speakers. There's different tracks. We have a small business track for those that maybe are department of one, or maybe you just operate a small business and you just got to do HR. That's what that's for. We also have a um, student track. So there's student opportunities there. And we also have an executive symposium for those that are HR executives and organizations. You have different needs and different ways that you're looking at how you create psychological safety or whatever it is. So all sorts of topics there. If you go to our website, azsherm.org, you will get the first, the first thing in your face will be about our conference, which is August 30th through September 1st. And we will be um, ready for you. The and I'm sorry, it's August 29th through September 1st. We want you there for, for the first part of it too, because we're going to have some great keynote speakers as well. We've got an event event um, partner uh, hall, so lots of resources for you. And mostly, you'll get to meet a lot of amazing, truly engaged folks that are volunteers that we're going to help you just navigate your role in HR. And hopefully we're creating a psychological safe environment for you all to grow as HR and business professionals. So so that's my spiel on the conference. Definitely. Thanks, Sherry. A lot of great resources. I think it's going to be an exciting event that's going to be very helpful and educational. And um, you don't have to do it alone. And that's why we're out here doing what we do with AZ Sherm is provide those resources, yeah. provide the support to business leaders, as well as the HR community, um, for sure. <laughs> that's what we represent, right? Um, and you know, don't feel like you have to go it alone. Come to come join us, like Linda said, at the uh, conference and find your local chapters too um, to sign up with and, you know, find your community within your, um, your place, you know, your geographical place and, um, or yeah. online. And, you know, like I said, you don't have to do it alone. We're here to support you. And Linda's going to be talking about psychological safety. That's a theme this year. We've got mental health and wellness, uh, stuff going on and I'll be doing a somatic breath work, uh, 
session on Thursday night as well. So I hope oh, people great that. So, but no, I love thank it you so much, Linda. Great, great stuff and very helpful. I learned some new things today, and I hope our listeners did too. Well, thank you for um, right. for having uh, uh, joining me today on this podcast. <laughs> and thank you for having me. Always a pleasure, Sherry. You do such a great job with these. Thank you. Thank you, Linda. Thank you for listening to the Better Places, Better World podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, follow us on iTunes and find free resources at azshrm.com. That's azshrm.com. Until next time.